0: Hey guys, welcome to All About the Game with Sathya. This episode we have Jenny Nandu with us. She is a sports and exercise psychologist from Mumbai, and we will talk about athlete motivation and the different aspects of it: intrinsic motivation and extrinsic motivation, and so much more. So, stay tuned. Hi, Jenny.
1: Hi, Salam.
0: How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm fine. Thank
1: to... you. What's up? I'm good. How's the lockdown treating you?
0: Um, it's okay. Busy with work, so um, coping. What about you? Do you still go to your um, center? No, so since it's the hospital, I don't go. Mm-hmm. But
1: trying to uh, accommodate everything online yeah. as much as possible.
0: Right, 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 right. So, yeah. um, is that easy? Like having virtual consultations?
1: Um, it's different. Right. Uh, in the start, it took a time. I took a little time to adjust, mm-hmm. but now I think I'm okay with the setup.
0: Right. Wonderful. Wonderful. So, um, did you play sports as a kid?
1: Yeah, I used to play handball and throwball when I was in school
0: oh okay interesting so then uh after that you tell us about your journey like after 12th you decided to pursue your psychology
1: yeah so i was since i was in school i was always inclined towards psychology mm-hmm. but that time i never knew anything about sports psychology right. i was i used to just play sports and i used to play competitively at that time right. but after my schooling i stopped playing competitively uh, only okay. just recreational sports right. uh, then i was i started pursuing my career in psychology from saint Xavier's college mumbai
2: okay so
1: it's then when i was introduced to sports psychology and um, you know that there is a opportunity there's a field where we can do masters in sports psychology and there that's when it clicked to me that this is the best possible way right. to combine both my passions and love for sport okay. and psychology and bang on. I decided to do masters,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: I finished my masters from Loughborough University, UK. Mm-hmm. And yeah, since then I've just been doing sports psychology.
0: Wonderful. So, um, tell us, like, have you been working with elite athletes, and uh, how how has the experience been?
1: So I don't have a direct first hand first hand experience with elite athletes sure but um definitely i can give you some insights into how is it to work with an elite athlete
2: sure
1: so when it comes to elite athletes it comes with great responsibility
2: mm-hmm. so
1: it's not that easy like when it's i know it's like a dream to work with elite athletes um, right. but it comes with a lot of responsibility and um so you have to always be on the go Mm-hmm. On the go, with on the go, I mean you have to be updated with the research. You have mm-hmm. to always keep updating their plans or whatever right. you are doing with them because they have a very busy schedule. Mm-hmm. They have to not only look after their psychology; right. they have coaching, training, physio, strength and conditioning. Right. So, as a sports psychologist, you have to always take care of their training goals and competition goals, mm-hmm. and you don't have to come across as a burden. Right.
2: Uh,
1: With Walden, I mean, they don't have to look after, oh, this one more session added to my schedule. You have to try and accommodate uh, in their daily routine, and um, they should feel easier and comfortable with you. Right. So you should always take care of their routine, their behavioral patterns, Mm -hmm. their gaming style, Mm -hmm. and plan your schedules or interventions accordingly.
0: Sure. Sure. So.
1: Excuse me? Yeah. Me for my voice?
0: No worries. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so, when you work with athletes, like, um, suppose, let's say you compare it with a fitness trainer. So, a fitness trainer gives athletes a certain routine, right? Like, uh, you have to do this, 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 um, thrice a week or whatever. I'm assuming, similarly, uh, you give the athletes a certain routine. Right, maybe journaling or uh, meditation or visualization or any of these some of these exercises. But, um, yes. at the end of let's say a month or two, a fitness trainer is able to gauge if the athlete has actually followed through with the routine or not. Right, yes, with the with testing and all that. But as a psychologist, how do you you know calculate or how do you know if the uh, athlete is working on the meditations and visualizations and like you know since it's intangible
1: yes so that's what the biggest um challenge that as a psychologist i feel mm-hmm. is to um understand whether the athlete is following what i'm doing i'm right. asking them to do and secondly the um, the part where am i doing it correctly so it also comes boils down to my efficiency right sure. so for this also we have uh, so we do um like with fitness trainers how they gauge after a month whether they've improved in their fitness levels mm-hmm. or not similarly even we do have so uh, we do check if they've improved so right. if for if for example let's say breathing exercises mm-hmm. so if i'm asked an athlete to do Uh, A few breathing exercises thrice a week. And to see if the athlete is following the routine or not. um, I do check on them through emails, texts. Continuous uh, um, uh, feedback is given to the athlete and taken from the athlete. As well as at the end of the month or whatever speculated time we have decided. Mm -hmm. We do check if they have improved. So, there are small improvements. So, if the athlete is following uh, the breathing exercises, we will do see if that has affected their life in any aspect or their performance in any way. So we do keep a check on that Mm -hmm. and that are small improvements that as a sports psychologist, I have to see whether they have improved or not. So sometimes these might be very negligible or a normal uh, fitness trainer might not be able to see. But as a sports psychologist, that's what my role is to see the small improvements and the small changes Sure, so it could be behavioral change or could be yeah. a change in the thinking pattern.
2: Mm-hmm. But that's right.
1: my duty to see how they do it. Mm-hmm. And yes, we do incorporate testing. Right. So we do have psychometric psychometric testing
0: mm-hmm. that we
1: do with the athletes to see their improvement.
0: Sure, interesting. Yeah. So um. Yeah. Is it easier to work with athletes, uh, younger athletes, or uh, you know more mature and older athletes, uh, as per your experience? Mm,
1: that's a really tricky question.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Actually, um, easier to work is, it completely depends on how much the athlete uh, believes in sports psychology as a subject or as a um, as mental training as a, a field. Right. So there are, like a lot of times, athletes coaches or for that matter even parents Mm -hmm. they do not believe in sports psychology they do not think that this is something that can make a difference to their performance or their well-being so that's when it becomes very tricky and difficult Mm -hmm. to actually incorporate mental training because if you don't believe in something how are you going to actually work on it sure so easy would be really subjective Mm-hmm. but i would definitely definitely um personally i believe that if mental training is incorporated in um, with younger athletes
2: mm-hmm. it,
1: its impact is greater
2: oh, because indeed.
1: younger athletes are quite naive
2: sure. and
1: they're still learning and unlearning at this age sure so if we incorporate mental training mm-hmm. at a very grassroots level mm-hmm. they can actually gain a lot from the mental training so yeah. it can have a larger impact on their performance their well-being and the personal development as a whole. Mm-hmm. So we can develop and inc- in imbibe the growth growth mindset from a from the beginning. Right. So personally I believe that sports has a lot to give apart mm-hmm. from fitness. Right. It can teach you how to handle pressure, mm-hmm. become a resilient athlete. It imbibes discipline or even promotes teamwork. So right. even if the younger athlete does not choose to uh, you know sport as a career they right. can still take a lot from sports so they can learn how to become resilient which can Definitely. actually trans- they can actually translate these qualities into their daily lives and their other uh, parallel careers so sure. i feel if mental training is incorporated at an earlier age
2: mm-hmm. the
1: individual has a lot to gain from sports Than if it's, I mean, not like you can't gain when you grow older, Mm -hmm. it's just that a younger, um, if it incorporated at a younger age, Mm -hmm. it can positively impact their growth and development.
0: Right. Well said. Well said. Yeah, like you mentioned, uh, brains are uh, still young and (laughs) uh, naive, so they can, you know, even take in information faster and... They don't doubt things as much as older people. So, yeah, that's definitely true. Um, So, talk to us about motivation.
1: Motivation is a very important topic when Mm -hmm. it comes to sports and specifically when it comes to elite level sports. Right. So, motivation is the factor that keeps you, keeps an athlete. Push, you know, keeps an athlete from training day after day
2: mm-hmm. or
1: training for competitions after competitions.
2: Sure.
1: Um, this is a factor that pushes them, uh, you know, drives their choices
2: to right. so
1: what they choose or it also depend, uh, uh, um, pushes their efforts as to how much they're putting in to pursue their goal right. or amount of persistence they are uh, showing when it comes to adversity or failure.
2: Right. So it's
1: very important to talk about motivation when it comes to sports. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, let's see Milkha Singh. Right. So in one of his interview, he he told us that I do not stop until I I fill my bucket with my sweat, right. And I push myself to that much that much extent till I don't collapse.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: when you take an example of such an athlete, right. What is it that pushing is pushing them to um. Work out to train so hard to keep a goal as to I am going to work out until I am going to fill my bucket, fill the bucket with sweat.
2: Right.
1: Motivation, right?
2: Sure.
1: So, what is motivation? So there are two types of motivation. Mm -hmm. One is intrinsic motivation.
2: Right.
1: That is when an athlete uh, trains or plays for the fun, pleasure,
2: right,
1: enjoyment. Or the internal aspect of the sport,
2: right. and
1: extrinsic is when the athlete plays or enjoy or plays the sport for recognition, right. praise that they get from other people,
2: mm-hmm.
1: or the medals, the prizes,
2: sure.
1: or the monetary aspect that they mm-hmm. get from sport. Um, I'm not sure if you know Andrea Agassi. the world number one, the tenor, former world number one tennis player.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, I've played tennis professionally, so I know
1: him. <laughs> oh, so he had once told in his interview that I personally hate tennis, right. but I play tennis only for a living.
2: Right.
1: So this is a classic example of an athlete who is extrinsically motivated. Right. Yeah, so...
0: But, yeah, usually, uh, you know, they say that intrinsic motivation is... Uh, <laughs> You know, stronger or better than you know external motivation, extrinsic motivation. But uh, like in uh, Agassi's case, if the motivation is really strong, it it shouldn't really matter if it's intrinsic or extrinsic, right?
1: So this is a quite a tricky question, actually.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: there's also been um, like in Agassi's case, that we see, he was. World number one, and he was still in- extrinsically motivated. Right. Whereas there are a lot of research are saying around intrinsic motivation is more. Um, it's a better um, um outlet. You mm-hmm. know, it's a better motivation to keep. Right. But if you go to see, uh, extrinsic motivation is quite um and like you cannot detach it from sports. Right. Sure. So Can you imagine a professional football without Super Bowl? Or can you completely eliminate the ESPN uh, ratings? Right. Or Do you think an athlete would be motivated without an athlete, uh, the athletic scholarships that they get?
0: Right. So definitely not.
2: Mm-hmm. It's
1: really um, um, you cannot take the extrinsic rewards or the extrinsic motivation out sure. of sports, but definitely if you use it correctly, it right. is. It can benefit the athletes, like we saw in the Agassi's case. However, a lot of times if we overuse it or we over focus on extrinsic rewards, it can actually demotivate or negatively affect the performance of an athlete.
2: Sure. So
1: if, so to say, mm-hmm. uh, if extrinsic motivation is the primary motivator, mm-hmm. then it actually comes with a lot of uh, competition pressure or anxiety or an athlete continually compares themselves with uh, another athlete or they sometimes even devalue their self map. Self-worth. Right.
2: Right.
1: So take for example, an athlete who's playing only to impress his parents.
2: Sure. So his
1: goal is that I'm going to play or win the match only to impress my parents because that's when he gets his recognition or the praise that he gets from his parents.
2: Right.
1: So now take an example like the athlete is playing to impress his parents but in this match situation it's an intense situation where he's actually losing or he's two points behind his opponent. Mm -hmm. So, at this point, he might, um, you know, he might come across various negative thoughts as to what will happen if I lose. Will my parents stop, you know, uh, valuing me or will they look down on me or will they scold me? And it's a vicious cycle. When they think about all of these doubts, it might actually impact their self-worth and their game. Performance at that point, they might lose confidence, and ultimately they might actually underperform. Right. So extrinsic extrinsic motivators are not always the best motivators. Mm-hmm. So as a sports psychologist, we always encourage our athletes to develop intrinsic motivation because that's what keeps them going in the times of difficulty mm-hmm. or it keeps them focused even when they are not winning the game right Right. so even when a athlete makes a mistake they don't focus on the mistake but if they are intrinsically motivated they will focus on the enjoyment part and the experience of playing the sport sure and actually work on their um, uh, mistakes and take this as take that as an opportunity to improve so
0: is so, intrinsic yeah is intrinsic motivation something that you can build or is it uh, does it just happen when you really enjoy the sport?
1: No, no. That's something that we can always build. Okay. So, most of the athletes or people like anyone from sporting or non-sporting industries, right. they feel all of these psychological skills should be innate.
2: <laughs> but right.
1: it's not the case. These skills can always be developed. <laughs> and the skills can, um, you know, like with the help of a sports psychologist, you can actually focus on developing the skills. So uh, intrinsic motivation can be developed over time. So you might start off as playing the sports because you enjoy. But then when you start playing competitively, competitively, you might start liking the rewards or the the recognition you get. You start liking that more and you play for the sport for that. But eventually you realize that these rewards are actually not motivating you enough Mm -hmm. And now if you want to actually, you try want to build intrinsic motivation, then you can always build, with the help of a sports psychologist, you can always build intrinsic motivation.
0: Right. Interesting. So, um, how do you keep it up? You know, so many people get motivated. I mean, 99% of the people get motivated after seeing a, you know, a motivational video or any, uh, uh, an inspirational movie. But then after... Two or three days they go back to their uh, usual routine so how do you keep it up how do you maintain the motivation
1: yes so actually this is a very relevant question in today's time yeah. like when people are motivated for the for few period few weeks or you know a short period of time yeah. like uh like many, when the lockdown was announced many people took their fitness goals as took goals very seriously they followed it for a week or two right. but then again they saw a downfall in their motivation mm-hmm. so actually um if you're intrinsically motivated you will actually not see a downfall in your motivation Right. ideally you will be motivated for a longer period of time because you are you don't work for and uh, you don't you're not uh, working hard or you're not playing a sport for a particular goal like you know you're not playing for a particular competition or a particular um, tagline like if you become number one and then you lose motivation no when you're intrinsically motivated motivated you play because you enjoy the sport right? right so you are not going to stop enjoying the sport after one particular competition or after a week but that's not the case when you know Majority, you don't, you are not always intrinsically motivated. So, what do you do to keep up the motivation for a long period of time? So, I suggest you always um, set goals, Mm -hmm. set both long term goals and short term goals, or what you call it as daily goals or or weekly goals. Right. So, what happens is sometimes we set long term goals, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: but because the outcome is far fetched, we get bored and we lose our motivation. Right. But if we have our short-term goals or our daily goals um, for that long-term goals, mm-hmm. then we know that today my goal is to work, this, this is my goal and I'm going to work hard on this goal. Sure. So you don't actually lose your motiva- motivation because for each day you have a different goal. Right. Right? So you set short-term goals so that it directs your um, motivation, it directs your long-term goal. So when you have broken down your long-term goals into series of short-term goals that are specific as well as challenging, it will actually help you track your progress. And every day you will have something to look back to. Right. So today, if, you, if your long-term goal is to become fit, if you want to run 10 kilometers, mm-hmm. definitely today you are not going to run 10 kilometers in a go-ride. So if you think about when will I be able to run 10 kilometers? you will actually lose motivation because that will take time, right? It's a whole process to running 10 kilometers. So instead, if you have daily goals of running 500 meters today or 1 kilometer, Mm -hmm. you will actually be able to achieve that because that is challenging but at the same time, it's specific and doable. So then at the end of the day, you will be motivated to run tomorrow because you know today, I have run 1 kilometer and I was able to achieve that goal. So, tomorrow I know I will be able to achieve that and maybe a little more than that. Right. You see?
2: Right.
1: So, you should always keep a series of short term goals to achieve your long term goals. So, goal setting is something that can always help you keep up your motivation for a long, week, longer period of time.
0: Interesting. Interesting. So, um, what about the bad phases?
1: Um, so, the downfall or the failure? That's what you're talking about?
0: Yes. So, there are a lot of times in in an athlete's career where um, they're going through bad patches. You know, they're not playing well. Even if they're doing everything right, they're meditating, visualizing. They're doing everything well. But uh, even then, they're not winning. So, how do they keep up that motivation?
1: Actually, that's a very good question because it's actually easy to keep up the motivation when you're winning. And mm-hmm. when everything is working in your own favor,
2: right?
1: But it gets difficult to maintain that same level of motivation when things are actually not working in your favor, sure. or when you know you are experiencing failure or a downfall. So then, what do you do? Do you just leave your spot, or do you leave the activity you are doing and do nothing? Right. So, right. That's not something that you do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So when it comes to this, the first thing that I would actually want to Address here is that sports is a sports comes with winning and losing. So, even though a sports person is striving for perfection Mm. and want to win each and every match, that's actually a utopian idea. You cannot always win every match,
2: right?
1: You cannot always um, experience success, right? Because success always comes with failure,
2: right
1: or when it comes to sport losing is inevitable you cannot run from losing or you cannot decide that okay i'm starting to play tennis today right. and i'm not going to lose even one match i want to lose each and every match and the do the day i lose a match i'm going to stop playing that sport right, right? that's unreasonable to think definitely so even when you take any elite level athlete, mm-hmm. the example mm-hmm. of any elite level. So, take for example, LeBron James, sure. basketball player.
2: Right. He
1: has been for eight NBA Finals, but out of the eight, he has only won three and yes. he has lost five. But right. still, he is what he is today, right? right? He is still one of the finest basketball players that he witnessed. Definitely. Take for example, Sachin Tendulkar. Yeah. Has he not lost any matches? In fact, he has also gotten out at his first ball for around 20 times in his, alone in his ODI career. Right. So, athletes first need to understand that when it comes to sport, losing is a part and parcel of sport mm-hmm. and should always be accepted positively sure. and not as a hurdle to one's career. Sure. So, when you... um, You know, when you... um. Keep your motivation contingent to winning
2: right.
1: or losing. You're definitely your motivation is going to go up and down because when you win, your motivation is going to go up, and when you lose, your motivation is going to go down. Right. What athletes need to learn is that failure should be taken as an opportunity to learn, grow, and in fact, you should get more motivated because now you know that I have an area to improve, and instead of dwelling on your mistakes. You should actually work on your mistakes and improve on your mistakes and get more motivated to work on your mistakes.
0: Definitely. Definitely. So having
1: said that, what do you do actually when you are experiencing a bad phase? So there are two things that you can do to actually keep up your motivation. Mm -hmm. So one is developing a growth mindset. So what is a growth mindset? Yeah. Growth mindset actually means, when an athlete, athlete embraces challenges and mistakes instead of dwelling on them, or thinking, oh, I made a mistake in the training, I'm such a loser, or I couldn't even do that. Uh, what will I, you know, how will I win the bigger competition if I'm not able to win a match in a train, training session?
2: Right.
1: So instead of thinking that way, if you think, oh, I was not able to win a match today in the training session, then why was I not able to? Maybe because I I did not I need to work on my surf or I need to work on my fitness level. Right. So you focus on that and you try to improve on your mistakes or on your shortcomings instead of actually thinking about that and negatively thinking about that or negatively um uh, uh, giving feedback to yourself because of one mistake or one loss.
2: Mm-hmm. You should
1: always have a growth mindset. Because that will always help you keep up the motivation. Because you always have a target to achieve, right? Sure. And second is always focus on the process. Mm-hmm. So what happens is when athletes are going to through uh, negative, you know, bad phases or negative phases, they get preoccupied with the results or the outcome, right. and they start thinking about when will I win a competition? I'm not winning one. Or uh, when will my, you know, ranking on the board change? When will I go on? When will I increase my ranking? And they actually get restless with that, yes. <laughs> and they lose motivation.
2: Right.
1: And they start evaluating their abilities when they are actually not ex- getting any outcomes, or they are not experiencing any positive uh, results of their um, of their task of their. Yes. Um, Efforts,
2: yes. so
1: they actually negatively try to evaluate everything, and they negatively try to evaluate their abilities, which yes. in turn actually negatively affects their motivation.
2: Sure. That's
1: one thing that athletes should always focus, should remember. Mm-hmm. That is focus on the process and not the outcome.
2: Right. It's
1: a journey, and if you focus on the process, you actually have you're going to um, build motivation and you are going to build patience to actually achieve the goal
0: sure sure that's, yeah, so that's very um, valid and yeah thank you for this um so Janie what is one piece of advice you would give athletes
1: mm. so one piece of advice mm, i would, like i said mentioned earlier always focus on the process and focus on the things that are in your own control mm-hmm. so what happens is athletes always focus about or not just athletes we as human beings we always focus on things that when will i achieve you know this when will i achieve success or when mm-hmm. will i um, you know for example when will i get an x amount of salary when will i get uh, you know, when will I get a recognition in the society? Sure. Um, all of that. But we need to understand that all of these things are not in our control, right? Mm-hmm. Getting a salary or getting a job is not actually in our control. But mm-hmm. what is actually in our control is the efforts that we put in to build our skills.
2: Mm-hmm. The
1: effort the athletes put in to build their fitness or work on their technical skills or work on their mental skills, right? right? That is in their control, the number of hours they trade, mm-hmm. the amount of efforts that they put in. Sure. So, the one piece of advice that I would like to give everyone is that always focus on things that are in your own control. Right. So, control the control labels and not something that is out of your reach.
2: Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, that
1: will like always help you, give you a goal to work on that will always keep you, help you Motivated and also keep your confidence on the track.
0: Sure, sure. Um, yes. Well, all right. Um, thank you, and I'm sure the listeners have taken a lot from this interview, and uh, especially around motivation and uh, following with the process. So, thank you so much, uh, Jenny, for sharing so much of your insights with us.
1: Thank you so much Siddharth for conducting such, a, such an interesting podcast that could be helpful not just to the athletes but everyone who's you know listening to this podcast and I genuinely hope that my podcast was helpful and if you are like do share your views with Siddharth and just excuse me for my voice no. I have just a throat infection and which is why my voice is a little hoarse. So uh, excuse me for that.
0: No worries, no worries. Uh, so Jaini, where can people find you, like, uh, if they want to get in touch for, you know, any, anything?
1: So, actually, I'm actively, um, um I'm active on social media, which is LinkedIn, sure. or my Instagram page, which is sports Psych mm. underscore Jaini Nandu. Alright. So, If not that, my email address is jaininandu13-gmail.com. at You guys can always reach out to me through um, an email or message me or DM me on my Instagram account or LinkedIn account. I'm always active on all of these three portals.
0: Great. So we will uh, have these links on the show notes. So... Guys, you can definitely get in touch with her directly for any sports psychology help uh, you may need. So, thank you, Jenny.
1: Thank you once again to you and all of the listeners who are going to be listening to this podcast.
0: Yeah, take care. Bye.
1: Yeah, bye.